on uh, Christmas Eve uh, to rejoice, to celebrate, to just remember the real reason for Christmas. And that's why we've come here this morning and we just want to focus for a few moments just on the biblical story of, of Christmas and what that means to us even today. So we might just pray as we, before we look at God's word together and then we'll consider that. Gracious Father, we thank you for today and the opportunity to be here. Uh, we just give you thanks for the way that you have uh, provided for us and most of all that you have provided a saviour for us that we might be freed from the entrapment of our own sin and uh, be set free to be able to worship you and to be able to experience uh, eternal life with you um, in your kingdom. So Lord, we just pray that you might... Uh, uh, help us to understand what your word is saying to us today and uh, be alert to that and respond to it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, last Sunday we, uh, we started a bit of Christmas focus on Christmas lights and uh, considering uh, how light has a, become a very much an integral part of the Christmas story and it's very much part of people's celebration of the Christmas story as they meet at Christmas time and many things happen around Christmas time many people celebrate in different ways and do different things over the Christmas break um, but lights seem to be a part of what most people uh, do at Christmas time and uh, as I mentioned last week if you drive around town in the evening time you will find that there are varying um, ways that people have lit up their homes, their trees, their backyards um, and it's, it's attractive to people because people go out of their way to go and visit the houses that are uh, being exceptionally well lit up with Christmas lights and Christmas themes and uh, uh, it seems to be that decking out the Christmas tree is an important part of people's celebration of Christmas and so lights are a great feature of Christmas and, uh, and uh, prominently part of the celebrations. There are lights in shop windows, there's lights on houses, there's lights in people's yards and, and, and these Christmas lights are only seen when the day fades and the night comes. And that's just a reminder of the fact that there were lights that first Christmas that helped to guide people to the true light from God, the only Son of God who was born into this world in virtual obscurity and yet remembered globally today. And so last week we looked at the, the Christmas story and how there is this continuous theme of light that shines through the Christmas message and we saw the promised light depicted in the prophecy of Isaiah in the Old Testament uh, who predicted 700 years before Christ came uh, that there would be a great light that would shine in the darkness of this world that was like a rudderless ship going round and round in circles. And in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2 it says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. And then in John's Gospel, in the New Testament, we saw the power of the light that came from God, the light of the person of his son, Jesus Christ, who overcame the darkness and brought light, the light of hope to 
a world in desperate need. The light of the good news of his life and his death and his resurrection that brings hope that we've talked about already this morning. And in John chapter 1 and verse 4 it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Well, today we consider how God used light to illuminate his son as the answer to the world's greatest need, the need of salvation from sin, to be reconciled to our creator and to have the guarantee of everlasting life. And God used light to put the focus on his son when he came into this world uh, as he entered into it. And initially we see that there is the guiding light that shows up in Matthew chapter 2. There's, there's two key sections of scripture which talk about the, the Christmas message of Christ's coming. Matthew chapter 2 and Luke chapter 1 and 2. And we're looking at both of those this morning briefly. And so in Matthew's account we read uh, that this story, which I'm sure is familiar to, it, to you, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes and the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And so they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me so that I may come and worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense and myrrh. So Matthew's account of the birth of the Saviour describes the role that the light of the star that had in leading the Magi, the wise men, to the young Jesus. These men were from way over in the east in a foreign country, and yet God saw fit to lead these men who were considered to be some of the wisest men around in that first century to bring them to the very place where the Christ child was born. These men were considered experts in the study of the stars. Uh, they were astronomers or astrologers of the day and were held in high esteem by the people around them. But they had one big surprise coming. A star that appeared so bright in the night sky that where they had spent so much of their time gazing at would supernaturally guide them to discover the one who is all-wise, Jesus the Messiah, the King of the Jews. And so after this long journey from their home in the east, they 
had a brief stop in Jerusalem, were redirected to Bethlehem, where they came to the house where Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus were staying. So because of the time frame for them to get from the east to Bethlehem, uh, Joseph and Mary were no longer in the stable. Uh, they were staying in a house somewhere nearby at that time. And these men knew instantly that this baby was no ordinary baby. This was the Messiah from heaven, the king who was to come, the one whom they had heard about, the one who was worthy of all worship. And so they came, often described as kings themselves, wise men from the east. They came and humbled themselves before this baby, this child, and brought gifts to him because God had revealed to them that this was no ordinary child, but rather the Son of God, the Messiah, who had been prophesied about. Scott Gibson says these words about this situation. He says, The guiding light of the star and worship go hand in hand as these pagan religious leaders recognise the place of this child king. They bow before him. They give gifts to him. They honour him. The guiding light of God led the Magi to the Christ child, the same light that leads all people to recognise Jesus Christ as Lord, the one who deserves our worship. And so there was the light back then in that first century, the light of the guiding star for the Magi as they came to find the King of Kings. But then in Luke's Gospel that was read to us this morning, we see that there is this glorious light which was also present to guide those men who were in the fields around Jerusalem to see the birth of, or come to the birth of Christ and to uh, be there when uh, he was born and to um, worship him as they came to visit him. And uh, Luke reminds us here that um, God speaks to the common person. We see the in Matthew's Gospel, the, the wise men, those who were in the upper echelons of society were the ones that were spoken to and revealed the message of uh, Christ's birth uh, in the East. But here we find these common people, the shepherds who were the lowest of the low, uh, they were not regarded very highly at all um, in that first century uh, because they worked with the sheep and were constantly living with the sheep and they were considered at the bottom rung of, uh, of society. And it reminds us that uh, in that spectrum between those who are in the top of society to those who are at the bottom and, that, and all in between, that God's message of hope and salvation is for anybody who will come to receive him. And so God uses these common people, these shepherds, these lowly shepherds, to be included in the story of the birth as they were amazed by the light of God's glory. And as we read this morning, the angel came and um, in great display of the glory of God, such brightness in the sky that the shepherds couldn't help but look up and were, were afraid. And they cowered down because uh, they didn't know what was coming. And then the angel spoke to them. And so remember the words that were read there this morning. Now they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. 
Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. The light of God's glory was the exclamation point of the message of the birth of Christ. It propelled these simple followers to obedience and praise and worship of this child who was born. The piercing light of God's glory into our lives will lead us in the same way. If we allow his light to come into our lives, it will cause us to come in obedience and adulation of this, the Son of God who came into the world way back then. And then thirdly, we see in John's Gospel that Jesus is described as the light of the world. John chapter 8 and verse 12 Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but to have the light of life. We must embrace him as the light of our world to expose the spiritual darkness in our hearts and minds. Allow him to be the spiritual light of eternal life that you need. The angel told the shepherds that a Saviour had been born that day in Bethlehem. A saviour not just for the Jewish people, but for the whole world. And we only need a saviour if we are incapable of saving ourselves. If we're in a situation which we can't extricate ourselves from, then we need some external help to get out of our situation. And we as human beings are in a situation of being separated from God. We're born that way. We're separated because of sin, the rebellion of our own hearts against God, the desire for self-autonomy in our own lives. It causes us to be separated from our God and in a relationship with him the way he designed us to be. And so we have a need... We have a need of a saviour to extricate us from the problem of sin and its consequences. We've been separated from our saviour, from our, from our God, from our creator, and we need a saviour. And Jesus Christ is the one whom God has sent to be our saviour. He is a light that guides us into all truth. He can guide you and give you wisdom and discernment in relation to the darkness of ideas that permeate your world today. If you invite him into your life, he can help you to navigate the treacherous ways of moral and spiritual darkness that we are finding in a world around us that are constantly bombarding us every day. He can help us to be spiritually and morally grounded in, in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ the one who is the pure light who will lead us through this life and throughout all eternity. And so Jesus says to his followers, he gives his light because he is the light so that we might become 
light reflectors of him to a people in our world who are without hope. And so Jesus makes that audacious statement, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so in this verse, Jesus claims who he is. He, he claims to be the Lord of the universe. And he tells us of his mission, is that people will follow him, be brought out of darkness and brought into the light of life. And so when anyone comes to him and recognises him, that, and that means to come by faith to invite this Lord to be my Lord, we will not be in spiritual darkness. We will be forgiven our sin. We will be reconciled with our creator God. And he promises us that we will have everlasting life. This Christ who was born in Bethlehem's manger was the fulfilment of the predicted light that the prophets spoke of. He was the focal point of the star that brought the wise men from the east to find the saviour. And he is the light of the world who is God in the flesh. In him we have hope, hope in this darkness. In him we have life because of the light of life he is and that he brought the light of hope into this world by coming into this world. In 2 Corinthians, a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote, he describes the good news message that we have and he puts it in this way. He says, For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Christmas light shines on us every day, not just in December. The reminders from the prophets like Isaiah, the truth of the gospel narratives, like Matthew and Luke's record, and the apostles' letters underscore the penetrating ray of spiritual light of Jesus Christ. And this is the Christmas good news of salvation that is ours to receive and to proclaim. And so may you enjoy this Christmas by remembering and knowing and inviting the Saviour of the world into your world, into your life, because he's the only one who offers hope and light in a world of spiritual darkness. And so may we have the joy and the grace and the truth that this Christmas brings to us through his word as we celebrate Christmas this year. Let's pray together.